0: Hey y'all, this is Chris. Uh, I'm back with a new episode of TC Talks, and I'm about to place a call to Kevin Duffus in North Carolina. Kevin is a historian and author of a number of books and a documentary filmmaker, and he's also known to be one of the top experts uh, when it comes to all things Blackbeard. So I'm going to interview him, and it's going to go with the uh, the Blackbeard series I'm doing on my blog, as well as uh, the last interview I did with someone about Blackbeard on this podcast. And uh, Kevin's um, got a unique take uh, that sort of goes against the grain of conventional thought when it comes to the life and times and death of Blackbeard. Um, it's basically his research has yielded all sorts of information that maybe a lot of other people have. Overlooked, so we're going to go into that and uh, we're going to give them a call now. So here we go. Hello, this is Kevin Duffus. Hey, Kevin, this is Chris Osborne. How are you?
1: I'm well, Chris.
0: Good to hear from you. Uh, Thank you, and uh, thank you for taking this call. I know it's um, a little bit earlier on your side of the world than it is here in London, so thanks for getting up early.
1: Well, it's actually light outside, so that's okay. Okay. Oh, very cool. All right. Well,
0: um, as I said when I when I uh, contacted you by email, um, I've just been in North and South Carolina cover uh, visiting places related to Blackbeard's history, and this is the 300th anniversary of his death. And everywhere I went, people mentioned you. So thank you so much uh, for allowing me to talk to you. And I just want to pick your brains a little bit about Blackbeard and, and your take on his life.
1: Good. Well, I hope all those people that mentioned me weren't, weren't looking for me. But, uh...
0: <laughs> they had only had good things to say. I just uh, hope you don't mind them uh, passing, passing me on to you. So, uh, doing a little, just reading your uh, website and your bio, uh, I got the sense I could call you to have an interview about a billion topics. You seem to be uh, very rare, well regarded, a uh, great author with respect to a number of topics, mostly about North Carolina Filmmaker, Uh, so why Blackbeard? What what drew you to him as one of your uh, expertise topics?
1: Well, when I was uh, 14 years old, which was a long time ago, um, I had the occasion to see the movie Blackbeard's Ghost starring Peter Ustinov, and I guess it was the first time in my life that uh, Blackbeard entered my consciousness. I uh, uh, enjoyed the movie, of course, and it was not too long after that that my family my father was in the in the uh in the u.s air force was transferred to eastern north carolina uh which brought me very close to where uh the blackbeard story of course evolved and where he was killed so i was very excited about that <clears throat> and uh so uh, within a couple of years of uh living in eastern north carolina i had, had found a an early history of the county where i live pitt county
0: okay yeah and
1: uh it in that book, it described um, the times that the pirate Blackbeard would uh, sail up the river and visit his sister, whose name was uh, Susanna White. And uh, and so this fascinated me. And, and the author of the book, which, which the book was published in 1911, the author stated that uh, the, uh, the Susanna Gray, Susanna White's grave, had been often disturbed by midnight treasure seekers. So. Hmm. Uh, and I guess by then I was about uh, 18 or, uh, years old or so and I decided to try to find this grave which was uh, had been lost to history and after a great deal of effort in searching through the woods uh, I finally found it and mm-hmm. was quite amazed to be standing in front of this uh, sandstone headstone with the name Susanna White on it but then was uh, dismayed to when I when I read the inscription on the on the gravestone uh, that stated that she had uh, was born 37 years after the pirate Blackbeard was killed at Ocracoke Island. I realized <laughs> that that legend was uh, not uh, very accurate. So it really set me on a course that probably probably lasted 40 years. Uh, I from then on, of course, I had an interest in Blackbeard, but I also had an interest uh, not not because he was a pirate, and I don't particularly have a a general fascination with pirates, but I have a fascination with how history uh, and legend uh, can become intertwined and, and how um, facts can become blurred by uh, myth and folklore. And, um, and there's no better uh, subject than, than the pirate Blackbeard for uh, researching that and, um, and discovering how that occurs.
0: Well, what do you think are in addition to i guess uh, Susanna White's grave, what are some of the main misconceptions that we have about Blackbeard?
1: Well, he certainly is uh, the the real Blackbeard was uh, quite different from the from the Hollywood version uh, he uh, in fact, I think it was a, a, a an author uh, who wrote the history of the Bahamas who wrote that. Blackbeard was, he saw that Blackbeard was an amalgamation of all pirates, that, that writers, historians, writers, film producers uh, attributed qualities of all pirates to Blackbeard. Um, I don't think there's any evidence in the primary source records that Blackbeard ever killed anyone uh, until the day he was uh, cornered and attacked by the Royal Navy at Ocracoke mm. Island. Okay. Um, I think that and and i've uh, of course I've done uh, a lot of my research at the uh, at the British archives at Kew and uh, uh, reading the records of uh, Royal Navy officers but also depositions of merchant captains who had been uh detained for blackbeard by blackbeard and uh many of those indicate that he was rather hospitable and um, and polite when even while his men were pirating the merchant captain ship um, so uh, I, I don't think that he was quite the, the fearsome individual that people think he was in fact the, the 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 United States National Park Service on their website has promoted Blackbeard as is possessing inhuman strength uh, which is unfortunate <laughs> because a lot of a
0: lot of uh, school children use this website to write their school reports right
1: Yet on the on the day that he was uh, attacked at Ocracoke Island, he he and nine of his fellow pirates engaged twelve Royal Navy sailors in hand-to-hand combat that lasted less than six minutes. And at the end of that six minutes, every single pirate was dead, while all twelve Royal Navy sailors were alive. Wow. Which would suggest that his inhuman strength failed him that day. <laughs> it's okay. In fact, I, I'd like to. I like to tell uh, sometimes my audiences that, uh, that uh, in fact, there's a university in Eastern North Carolina, East Carolina University, and their yes. mascot are the Pirates. And so I, I remind them that on that day that Blackbeard was killed, uh, the the Navy beat the Pirates by four field goals, 12 to <laughs>
0: nothing. Oops. Okay. And you're not even sure that we've got his name right. There's, a, the I guess, the general idea is that it was Edward Teach. But you're not even sure that that's correct. Is that right?
1: Well, that's that. The common, the common conception today is that it was teach. Uh, but I think I have fairly well proven now how that came to be. Uh, in fact, when you go to the the British archives and read these original sources, uh, just about all of them actually identify him as uh, Edward Thatch, as we would pronounce it today. spelled T H A T C H. Okay. Yet, um, um, the um, I don't believe that in in 1718 the word "thatch" would have been pronounced as "thatch," just as the River uh, Thames is is not spelled or not pronounced uh, Thames.
0: Thames. Yes, yes. Uh,
1: and I have consulted with a um, a British authority on uh, the. Great vowel shift in the transition from Middle English to Modern English, and and he agreed that in 1718, uh, thatch would have been more likely pronounced as tetch. Okay. And oh, coincidentally, teach in 1718 would have also been pronounced as tetch, because the the letters e a um, during the transition from Middle English did not necessarily make a long vowel sound that we're familiar with today. So it was simply T-E-A-C-H and T-H-A-T-C-H were alternative spellings of the same
0: word or name. Okay. And there's some speculation he was from Bristol, England, uh... I've heard Jamaica and I've heard North Carolina, but when I was in South Carolina, they were saying there's a theory he's from South Carolina. So where do you come? Where do you fall down on his roots?
1: Well, <clears throat> first of all, it's everyone, of course, can only state this as their opinion. Yes. Uh, I don't think, and it's unfortunate. I don't think we'll ever know for sure. Um, and I actually am. An adherent to the South Carolina, and at least in terms of his origins and birth, uh, I'm I'm a believer of the South Carolina option. Okay. And there's there's a very important reason why, and and it's not, you know, there there are no records that. In fact, i it's I find it rather humorous that if uh, again, if you were a young person, a school a child that uh, working on a report and you went on the internet and you and you looked up uh, famous uh, uh, English people or British people born in the year 1680 uh, the name Blackbeard the pirate is is listed on the internet as someone who was born in 1680 and okay. I, I don't think he was a pirate when he was born and I doubt that he <laughs> had a beard when he was born uh, but uh, the, uh, the so to me the most important clue as to who Blackbeard was and what his origins were and really his motivations for for becoming a pirate is the fact that in his last days, uh, which I, I consider to be the the about the five and a half months that he uh, was in North Carolina uh, before he was killed, uh, okay. between the date that he wrecked his flagship Queen Anne's Revenge in Beaufort Inlet to the day he was killed in Ogre Coke. He was uh, in the company of uh, uh, what we would presume would be his most trusted friends and allies, and they were all sons and slaves of the bath north carolina area okay uh and and i was really among the first to discover this that the there are deeds and wills and estate inventories in uh beaufort county which is the county that uh bath where bath is located and those those records indicate that his his crew members were again from that area in fact uh, in the uh, uh, chaos after Blackbeard was killed at Ocracoke, uh, a letter was written to Governor Eden by his uh, legal advisor, who was a, actually a former dep- uh, former governor, who said that these men were inhabitants of North Carolina, and they actually shouldn't have been re- taken out of the colony of North Carolina to Virginia for trial, because, again, they were they were citizens or residents of, of North Carolina. Okay, very so the question is, why, why would... Why would a pirate captain from Bristol, England, or even Jamaica, be uh, surround himself uh, with men, young men from from the Bath area? Right. I think that the the rules of human nature uh, are, you know, pre- have prevailed throughout, you know, time, and it would suggest that we we tend to associate ourselves with people with whom we share the most in common and I just find it, I mean, I've been to Bristol, England, and, um, you know, I think if I walked into a pub there, and, you know, I, I don't know that I would be readily uh, welcomed, you know, um, so. Well, maybe some things
0: have changed in 300 years, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely city. Well,
1: but. <laughs> well I, Bristol, Bristol is, but I, I do recall one time I did go to bedford England, and, and this was back in the 1980s, and, and walked into a pub there, and. It, it sounded like a lot of fun and, and music and laughter, and, and and I was obviously a stranger when I came in, and mm-hmm. all of the all of the music and laughter stopped until uh, <laughs> after I finished my plane and left. But anyway, uh,
0: he would have stood I, out. I, I, yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, I'm just saying he would have stood out in Bristol, and or with his crew. Either way, so I just yeah, I see what right. you're saying. Yeah.
1: Well, the, but the other the other problem with this, the question of Bristol. Or even Jamaica is that there's not a single record uh, during his his people are surprised that his career as a pirate lasted um, slightly less than two years. Right, and and that and that the career, of course, is uh, defined by the uh, primary source records that that reflect his name, which again, Edward Thatch,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and during that entire period, uh, he he didn't set foot in Bristol or in Jamaica. In fact, I think <clears throat> I've been uh, presenting a counter-argument to this, you know, emerging theory that he might have been, because a, a researcher found the name Edward Feech uh, in, among records on Jamaica. Uh, but a number of years earlier, something like 20 years before Blackbeard had been a pirate, and has and come to the conclusion that that was Blackbeard. But the fact is, Blackbeard, in... In uh, <clears throat> December of 1717, Blackbeard was off the coast of Puerto Rico when he learned that the king, uh, George I, had issued a proclamation pardoning uh, pirates if they would sail to the nearest colonial governor and surrender. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it, would have been, it would have been very easy for Blackbeard to have sailed directly to uh, Jamaica to, to surrender. And if he were from Jamaica, presumably the governor there might have known him and uh, he would have been home. But instead, he and his crew, and there were about 400 men at the time, sailed past Jamaica and uh, eventually ended up on the coast of North Carolina
2: Mm -hmm. uh, six months later where they wrecked the Queen Anne's Revenge and then he abandoned
1: uh, 300 of his shipmates and uh, left on a small sloop with 40 40 white men and 60 black men and they sailed a, a rather circuitous route from Beaufort Inlet uh, up to the colonial capital of Bath, where he surrendered to the governor there. Okay. So why would they have gone to so much trouble uh, and to surrender to the governor of North Carolina in Bath, especially when the majority of these 40 white men were the sons of plantation owners in Bath, if Blackbeard himself had not had ties to that community? Right, okay, hmm. So my my, it, and the fact is, I, I have proposed who I think his you know based on who his his father may have been. Uh, his father had been a, a landowner uh, or a sea captain who who was uh, was granted uh, hundreds of acres of land in the Bath uh, area, uh, who had originally come from Charleston and the Goose Creek area of South Carolina. Okay, and and the fact is, is that there if you read. Blackbeard history. One of Blackbeard's uh, closest uh, 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 compatriots was an African uh, named Caesar, and of course Caesar's the, the Caesar has a legend uh, that is as outlandish as Blackbeard's, frankly. Okay. But the real Caesar, the real Caesar, I found was a slave on a plantation that was owned by the, uh, Blackbeards. Uh, friend and counselor, this man named Tobias Knight. Well, I researched Caesar. Believe it or not, this this slave who lived in seventeen sixteen, seventeen eighteen has a rather uh, good paper trail because I mm. found Caesar in the household of a very prominent Charleston family, uh, Colonel Robert Daniel, uh, ten years earlier. Okay. So Caesar, this Caesar also came from the Goose Creek, South Carolina area, where I believe that uh Blackbeard's father uh originated. Okay. So that's that it's all circumstantial evidence of course and you know we <clears throat> I'm sure there are plenty of people who would want to debate me for hours on this but sure. um you know I went to Bristol and I couldn't find I, they, they, there there's
0: really nothing but but folklore regarding Blackbeard there. Right. Okay. So, the record takes you to the Carolinas. What little, what record there is?
1: Uh, well, that's interesting. Well, certainly, certainly more evidence to support a Carolina's origin.
0: Okay, and
1: the and the fact that the the governor, the the governor of North Carolina pardoned Blackbeard and his crew when they arrived in the summer of seventeen eighteen, but the pardon was uh, invalid because uh, it the pardon uh, <clears throat> required pirates to cease committing acts of piracy after the fifth of January, but but unfortunately, Blackbeard and his men had continued to. Uh, commit acts of piracy i believe
0: primarily to keep all of these all of their pirates uh fed right, right. Um, until they could get back to north carolina
1: they they knew again they they could have sailed into jamaica in and in in the game would have been up yeah. but uh they had to get back to north carolina and the only way they could do that with 400 pirates uh because they consumed an enormous amount of food on a daily basis all, sure, those, yeah. all those pirates And so they had to continue raiding ships just to keep them fed.
0: Right. Wow. Okay. Well, that's fascinating. And you're saying there was a fairly equal mix of of, uh, whites and black people, and I guess a pirate ship would be a fairly more attractive, I guess, best of a lot of bad options at the time for a freed slave or someone of African origin.
1: Well, that's another one of the great misconceptions, and it's actually been... Perpetrated by institutions. Uh, I hate to say it, like uh-huh. National Geographic and Smithsonian, uh, and their interp- interpretations. And, and those interpretations have been, in, you know, based on some depositions that have been uh, sort of uh, reworded to suit this narrative, this idealistic narrative that uh, that pirates were. Uh, you know, multi, multiracial, multinational, yeah. multicultural democracies society. at
0: sea—that sort of thing.
1: And 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 my evidence is absolutely to the contrary. Mm. Uh, the fact is, is that when Blackbeard wrecked the Queen Anne's Revenge and sailed to Bath, North Carolina, with sixty black men, uh, I can prove that every single one of those black men were slaves. His even, slaves, even were slaves. Even Caesar, who mm. was. Uh, was with Blackbeard from the beginning of their piratical odyssey. Uh, They were all slaves, but they weren't. um, And and, by the way, the reason why I can prove this is is that in searching the primary sources of eastern North Carolina courthouses, which is something that no historian or researcher has has done, um, I have found evidence that within, uh, well, first of all, let me state that in 1718 North Carolina had no slave market the nearest slave markets were in Williamsburg or in Charleston. So plantation owners uh, seeking uh, labor uh, would have to travel to Williamsburg or to Charleston to purchase their slaves. I see. And in the summer of 1718, around the 1st of July, Blackbeard shows up in Bath, North Carolina with 60 slaves. And two weeks later, I found in the deeds of that county entire plantations were being sold for the price of slaves and in one instance i think it was a 3 or 400 acre plantation was sold for two slaves wow. and another and actually the governor's former 400 acre plantation which included his former house which was described as palatial and which also had barns and livestock sold entirely for the price of three slaves and in the deeds actually uh, reflect the names of these slaves. Hmm. And so, if, and by the way, the records go back some for this for this community, go back 25 years, and this is the first time in 25 years that I could find a deed that showed property being exchanged for, for slaves. And it all happens within two weeks of when Blackbeard shows up with 60 slaves. So those men were not free. Right. Um, now, Blackbeard had about, um, I would say, six, at least six, black men who I believe had traveled with them throughout the entirety of their two-year voyage, and I'm sure they were skilled mariners. And their purpose on the crew, which included Caesar, was to communicate with these new slaves that had just come in on the French slaver Concord, which Blackbeard, of course, captured and changed the name to. Queen Anne's revenge. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have this instance. It's a it's a it's a more complex uh, interpretation of black men on pirate ships, which uh, unfortunately doesn't fit the the much hoped for uh, egalitarian narrative that's been passed you know presented by some right. authors and, right. and and institutions. But now we have an instance where uh, pirate slaves are are involved in the capture and transportation of other slaves. Right, okay. Which I think it may be closer to uh, to reality than, again, some of these more fanciful sure. interpretations.
0: That's a lot of blurred lines, yeah, that we'll never figure out. Well, that that's really fascinating, Kevin. Thank you. Um, so, have you come down to thinking this is just a scoundrel, a guy just trying to... Make a living and having some moderate success, at least maybe for a year or so. That, for whatever reason, he has captured the world's imagination. I mean, he's not the arch villain. Maybe I'm, I'm. That's the impression I'm getting. It's not the arch villain that we think of, or the romantic hero that maybe some other people think of.
1: Well, correct. I would. I would place uh, the 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 popular culture. Uh, incarnation of blackbeard in the same category as robin hood or beowulf or some of these figures in the mm-hmm. past that we've we've sort of uh, you know embellished but I, I think that the real man and the men who surrounded him you know i didn't explain these these young men from bath uh, i believe that their 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 origins into piracy was a result of simply trying to salvage the the, the famous spanish treasure wrecks that Wrecked on the coast of Florida in 1715, and by okay. 1716, a year later, you know the the waters off Florida were supposedly crowded with uh, colonial sloops attempting to salvage the Spanish treasure, and and, and the, the the story is much more complex. The the colony of North Carolina in 1716 was just just beginning to emerge from years of of uh, of disaster between you know the Tuscarora War and Drought and famine and outbreaks of yellow fever, and so the the colony was simply just trying to get back on an economic footing. And then news arrives that these that all the Spanish treasure spilled on the beaches and shallow water of Florida. So right. it's no mystery as to how these young men from Bath ended up, and uh, in, including Caesar I, again. He's to me he's one of the most important clues to the story because here you have this slave who I can prove was in Bath in 1716, according to. Records, but comes back two years later on the Queen Anne's Revenge. How does that happen? And so, I believe even uh, Captain Tetch or Thatch or Teach, whatever you want to call him, Blackbeard. Yes. Uh, I believe this is how his this is how he got started. It was simply uh, they were just salvagers, and uh, okay. then of course the a lot of these guys ended up becoming pirates because the Spanish began to make it more difficult to salvage that Spanish treasure so ultimately they were they were i believe they were simply trying to help their community they, they weren't necessarily in it for themselves i
0: mean the fact okay. that
1: you know they returned with these slaves which of course north carolina has no slave market and the greatest need at this time is is uh, labor force uh right. and uh so again i, I think that that's that that's what they were all about um
0: and you and you, you not, mentioned oh go ahead
1: I was just going to say, and and by the way, the the whole reason why Blackbeard was attacked and killed at Ocracoke really had little to do with him being a pirate. There, at the same time, there was an attempt uh, to overthrow the Lords Proprietors, uh, both in South Carolina and North Carolina, because the Lords Proprietors uh, com- utterly failed their uh, their taxpayers when they those people were attacked by Indians in 1711
2: mm. and 1715. Okay, and And the Lords Proprietors had no uh, uh, military force to
1: send to the aid of the Carolinians, and that immediately began a uh, political factions who were who wanted to overthrow the Lords Proprietors and to and to invite the King to purchase the colony of Carolina, so that the Royal Navy from then on would be able to protect them. I see. And so, unfortunately, Blackbeard and his men were simply. They they were caught in what turned out to be a failed political coup because uh, the the the, the uh, objective uh, at Ocracoke Island was simply to find uh, written evidence that would prove that the governor of North Carolina was colluding with pirates. Hmm. There was a there was an act from uh, William the Third that stated that uh, which was still in effect under George the First that stated that if any colonial governor failed to uh, uh, adhere to their uh, efforts to suppress piracy, then the charter for that colony would be uh, uh, revoked, and which would mean the colony would become a royal colony. So that's that's what the Battle of Ocracoke was all about. Okay, and uh, and that's why I say the story is much more complex. Uh, maybe people, maybe Hollywood just likes. Pirates to be pirates because uh, it, it's too complicated for people to understand that this politics and economics were <laughs> right. significant factors in the in the pirate story. Yeah.
0: And you said something about young men uh, a few minutes ago. We have any idea how old uh, Blackbeard might have been when he that's died? A, that's or? A,
1: yeah, that's a fantastic question, and the answer is nobody has any idea. But the funny thing is, is that. It's commonly stated in and even Wikipedia says that Blackbeard was born in sixteen
2: eighty yeah. so I was,
1: I was that that piqued my curiosity I wanted to know where where this notion came from that Blackbeard was born in sixteen eighty and therefore was about thirty eight to forty years old when he was killed um and I researched it and I found that uh a a author. Uh, who was actually the dean of a law school in, uh, at Wake Forest University, wrote a oh. book in 1974. Okay. And he was the very first person in, in history to try to assign an age to Blackbeard. And he did it by closely examining the, the very uh, iconic uh, woodcut of Blackbeard that appeared in General History of Pirates, um, That v- standing there holding a cutlass in the air, and uh, he looked at that woodcut and decided that, wow, that he, he looks like he's about 38 to 40 years old when he, you know, <laughs> okay. when, this was, when this was created. So therefore, he must have been uh, born in 1680. Well, the fact is, you know, I researched the woodcut, and the woodcut was uh, sculpted by uh, a, a
2: gentleman who lived in Oxford, England, whose name was Benjamin Cole, okay.
1: and, uh, and he, and that artist... Sculpted uh, or created woodcuts of almost all of the pirates that you know we know of that are famous: Steve Bonnet, Charles Vane, uh, uh, and so forth. And the fact is, is that Benjamin Cole never left Oxford, England. And I've I've said that none of these pirates traveled to Oxford, England to sit for their portrait. <laughs> right.
2: uh, so
1: there, therefore, all of these images are fictional, which therefore means that the the estimate that Blackbeard was about 38 years old when he was killed and was born in 1680 is also fictional
2: right wow
1: Um, it was it's been determined that the median age uh, of pirates during the golden age of piracy was I think about 26 or 20 about 26 okay and and that's based on the uh, the the very few number of records that have where they uh, indicate a a pirate's age but um, I would you know, if I had to make a guess I would say Blackbeard was about twenty six or twenty seven.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um, meaning he was born about sixteen ninety. Right. Which by the way, I his friend Caesar, you know, I, I have excellent records on Caesar and Caesar uh was about uh four years younger than what I think Blackbeard would have been. But see okay. I I know how old Caesar was when he was a pirate in seventeen eighteen.
2: Hmm.
1: And that was that was about twenty two. Okay. So um, that's that's uh, that's the answer there. Now I don't know if you were, were going to ask, but I wanted to get back to uh, you know the story started with Susanna White. Yes. And and for uh, for forty years I've been I've been haunted by her, uh, who she was, and so when I researched the book, I had to research her, and I was quite surprised to find out that she wasn't the sister of Blackbeard, but she was in fact the granddaughter of. Blackbeard's Cooper, who uh, Blackbeard had uh, taken aboard the Queen Anne's Revenge in 1717, okay. uh, and his name was Edward Salter, and Susanna White was in fact Susanna Salter White, okay. and the whole Salter story—you know—he was he was a crew member with Blackbeard and came to Bath and retired from the crew and lived another 20 years, despite the fact if if you read every other historian's book about Blackbeard. It, it generally states that Edward Salter along with most of Blackbeard's men were hanged in Williamsburg right and I' I've, I've proven again using Royal Navy records that of course none of these none of the pirates who were hanged were hanged in Williamsburg but instead Hampton Virginia and Edward Salter not only wasn't hanged like many of the others like Caesar Caesar wasn't hanged Caesar went back to Bath John Martin whose father was one of the founders of Bath went back to Bath was not hanged. Uh, but but see, uh, Edward Salter actually lived another 20 years, was a two-term member of the Colonial Assembly, and uh, in his final act, helped to begin construction of what is still North Carolina's oldest standing brick church, hmm. St. Thomas Church of Bath. And this was a church built by a former pirate. Hmm. And this is, again, a story you don't hear
2: in uh, from, you know, Hollywood. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, but Edward Salter, of course, and he had a large family,
1: and and, and uh, as I said, Susanna White was one of his granddaughters. Uh, three of her brothers were heroes in the American Revolution. One intercepted a cache of supplies for Cornwallis that was intended for Cornwallis's army mm-hmm. as they marched to Yorktown. Um, and so there's there's a much there's a much richer story. I mean, about pirates and their and their offspring. Okay. I mean, they, many of these families, of course, lived on and contributed to the fight for independence and the
0: establishment of the United States. Right, yeah. And I guess a lot of uh, people living in the eastern Carolina area are probably descendants of some of these pirates. No doubt about it. In okay. fact, um,
1: <clears throat> in uh, actually two weeks from today, uh, in the town, in in Beaufort County, in the town of Washington, the towns of Washington and Bath we are going to hold a 300th anniversary celebration. But one of the facets of that is we're going to have a reunion of, of descendants. And so, All right. uh, that's, uh, going to be, you know, quite fascinating. I mean, history is more than just dates and names and, you know, they're, they're, it's flesh and blood and, sure. uh, and it and it continues on. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna celebrate that aspect of it.
0: What are those dates again?
1: Um, uh, we're going to uh, be in the town of Washington. Actually, uh, uh, we uh, we are. This is my, my first public announcement of this, by oh. the way. But
0: okay. Okay. Oh, thank you.
1: We're gonna actually hold a, a hearing in in the superior courtroom in the county courthouse. Uh, to re-examine the evidence and uh, to determine the guilt or innocence of Blackbeard and his crew, and whether Blackbeard was unlawfully uh, killed at Ocracoke. I mean, the fact is that uh, uh, the Virginia's governor had had absolutely no authority to send armed forces into his neighboring colony to hmm. uh, to capture or kill pirates, and and I also have I contend that the Royal Navy didn't have jurisdiction on the inland waters. Of proprietary North Carolina and uh, but again the whole purpose was to was to try to overthrow the, the governor right. uh, but we're gonna we're gonna have this hearing before a, a, a an active Superior Court judge and uh, it should be interesting we're gonna uh, we're gonna have actors play Governor Spotswood and Governor Eden and
2: Tobias Knight
1: I love it. and Lieutenant Baynard um, okay so and then the, the next day Saturday all day in Bath there will be uh, A big celebration and unlike many other places uh that celebrate blackbeard history like hampton virginia has a big pirate blackbeard pirate festival and beaufort north carolina uh uh, i can say with absolute confidence that blackbeard walked the streets of this tiny little town of bath which has really grown very little since blackbeard was there 300 years ago except there is a church there that was built by one of his crew members fantastic
0: Okay. And if people want to find out more about that or anything else you do, how where's the best resource online, Kevin?
1: Um, I have a couple of websites. Uh, one is uh, thelostlight.com, okay. which was my original website, and then there is a website, uh, kevinduffus.com.
0: And that's D-U-F-F-U-S? Correct. Okay. And uh well thank and, you. Oh, you know and, you,
1: and people can google my name and, and and Edward Salter and then find all sorts of court case against the state of North Carolina. I've actually had the skeleton of Edward Salter in my car uh, <laughs> and it's a long story on that.
0: I would love that. I would love that. Anything else before I uh, say goodbye?
1: no i I think this is uh, it's been a great discussion and and hopefully uh, your listeners will have learned something
0: new. Oh, I certainly have, and I really appreciate your time and the work you do. So let's please keep in touch. and I, I like the little cliffhanger ending there about the skeleton, so let's uh, let's follow up sometime. Okay, great. thanks, Chris. Thank you so much.